today on Ovias and Gilio, the Carolina Panthers in primetime. They got some issues. We'll work through them on today's podcast. Luke DeCock of the News and Observer will drop on by, get his thoughts on the Panthers and his thoughts on the ACC overall. And Brooke Pryor for another perspective on Monday Night Football and why offense across the NFL seems to be, as the kids would say, mid if you haven't bought a T-shirt yet, check it out, breakingt.com slash OG. That'll take you directly to our storefront. Hoodies. It's hoodie season, baby. So get to get you an obvious Angelio hoodie, whether it's the Ice Caps-inspired one, the Skyhawks-inspired one, or you just want to keep it positive vibes only. Again, that's breakingt.com slash OG. Big thanks to everybody who's followed us on their favorite podcast platform. Thanks to everybody who's given us five stars. If you leave a review, you know I'm going to screen grab that and put it on social media. And of course, we're on YouTube. Just go hit that subscribe button. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh, thanks to Empire Properties. And thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. If you're a small to medium-sized business, you need print management, document management, understanding the cloud. You have experts. You might be an expert in something. Get the experts in this field to take care of you because you might be wasting money without realizing it with unmanaged print costs. And Copiers Plus get a handle on that. So again, check it out at copiers-plus.com. So we had OGP tonight, last night at Oakwood Pizza Box. Shout out to the listeners who uh, participated. Everybody had a good time. I think, as you were telling me, Joe, for a group of people who've never met each other before, with one common thread, they listen to this podcast, and they like pizza, and they wanted to watch some football, I think everybody got along. I was happy. The vibes were positive. Only. But then we started watching the Panthers game, and the vibes started to deteriorate as we were watching uh, this game. And I think at some point where it lost me and I hit, I did another pour of bourbon. Thanks to Ken was when Andy Dalton comes trotting out the confusion. Yeah, on the we were both like, what was, I had to go like, back. Did somebody get hurt? Did he, I, had to, did he get right. hurt? I had to go back and watch it this morning. Cause I was kind of confused when I looked up and Bryce Young's kind of like limping out there. Is he going to be in the play? Is he not going to be in the play? They bring Andy Dalton out for short yardage situation. Uh, they just needed to push over to get that uh, that first down. And then, of course, there's a procedural penalty that occurs. So that's off the board. And I feel like that just kind of crystallizes where we are in watching the Panthers in the first two weeks of the season. This team needs a lot of work. And it's not just about Bryce Young. The coaching staff needs work. Their skill positions need work. Their offensive line needs work. This is a process that I think most of us understood was going to be a process. And you could be optimistic about the division itself, which, by the way, everybody's 2-0 except the Panthers at 0-2. But seeing it over the first two weeks, it is a cold splash of water to the face about what this franchise needs. And if only they had draft picks to go get those needs in the next draft. But there's been a series of mistakes there that leads to another conversation. But that's where we're at with the Panthers right now. I want to be clear. Yeah. I, I want to give the Panthers credit for what they did. Sure. I thought they needed a plan. They went out and got a, a coaching staff with all kinds of experience. Wasn't a slapdash move. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I really hope this guy from Baylor in a smock who's never won anything in his life will suddenly become a great pro coach. Right, 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 right. right. So I understand the thought process. Totally get that. Love what they did in terms of, hey, 
we need a quarterback. And you might think that sounds obvious, right? But they had a plan. They executed the plan. I want to give them credit for that, for mm. being smart about that. At, at the time, I was not happy about the cost that they gave up because I didn't think there was a player in this draft worth DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey, which however you want to slice it Mm -hmm. is really what they paid to get the number one overall pick. That's fair. Okay. So I look at that and I go, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to second guess what they did because I think what they did was right. Mm -hmm. I think ultimately what they did was right. I just wonder if they have the right coach for the right moment. And if they have the right quarterback now, and I get it that it's only two games and I get it. This could be a Tua Tungavailoa situation where if you get the right pieces around him, mm-hmm. Bryce Young could suddenly look a whole lot better. But you know what the Dolphins did? You get the right did? offensive line around him, you get a whole lot of pieces around him, and it looks a whole lot better. I just wonder, looking at the NFL, if a younger coach scheming people open mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, we see Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins. We see, I know he doesn't consider himself young anymore, but Sean McVay, with the Rams, you look at Nick Sirianni with the Eagles, these, these play, and it could go, the, it could go the wrong way, right? You could get Nathaniel Hackett. Like you can get the wrong one. It's, no, that's, 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 that's fine. So but you, you brought up the Dolphins. The, the one thing the Dolphins did beyond, you're right. What the Dolphins did with Tua Tungavailoa, the coach they ended up getting to work yes. with Tua Tungavailoa and the assets they brought in. The key here is that the Dolphins went through a process where they amassed drafts, draft picks. Yes. The Panthers are yeah, they, in the they opposite tore it direction. Down. Yeah. You talk about the cost to get Bryce Young. Let's talk about the cost to get all the quarterbacks before Bryce Young. Sure. And the decisions made like on Matt Corral. Henderson. Yeah. You know, instead of, hey, man, Sam Howell was sitting right there for you. And you decided to take a gamble on Matt Corral. So there's a lot of mistakes yeah, to the, trade up to the, get Matt Corral, who you cut, never plays it down. For the, you. Bill, the bill is coming due for a lot of personnel decisions but to your point about the coaching staff and i want to go back to that andy dalton sequence with bryce young that to me was why i I view that as a crystallized point so far in the season is that frank reich does not trust this offensive line one bit he does not trust the offense in general he's playing it incredibly safe it's a carryover from the preseason where i was at least giving them the benefit of the doubt of ah you know they want to kind of roll bryce young into the season they don't want to do too much. The game's a little fast. Let's have Bryce Young get acclimated. I was totally on board with those talking points. But it's week two, man. And this stuff comes at you really, really quick. But Bryce Young threw it 33 times for a total of 153 yards. What does that tell you? Yeah, throwing it not down the field. Any shots. You're not taking yeah. any shots. They eventually took some shots when the when the Saints were in prevent defense just to get the hell out of there. And it became a gambling conversation and not whether or not the Panthers could actually win this game. 26 of the 100 yards on the ground came on a scramble from Bryce Young. They abandoned the run in a close game that was being decided by defense. So if your defense is doing the job, why don't you run the freaking ball to eat some clock? The kicker was really good, too. Hey Eddie Pinheiro's on it's, it, man. It's funny. 50 plusers. It's funny. I, uh, I, you know, the notes right here at the top, like the Panthers are mid, but hey, they've got a kicker. <laughs> so just, just, you know, just there. So I, I, I don't understand. Why did you pitch it one way, but the actual actions tell you another story? And it gets back to that real simple concept that this team, the coaching staff, does not trust the offense. I think Lauren Brownlow put it succinctly when she was responding to our friend Nada. Nada saying, so if nothing else, first six quarters of the 2023 
NFL make you brutally honest about where your talent level is. And Brownlow pointed this out on the Young Gun podcast, new episode coming out today. Their offseason additions are either your fantasy bench or starters that start in the flex spot. I mean, that's that's basically what the Carolina Panthers have right now. And it's abundantly clear, which now gets to your point. If you know this is what you're working with, you got to find a way to scheme out of that. And they're not doing anything right now. They're way too conservative. And it's going to get late early for the Panthers if they had designs on being a playoff team. But I don't know. We shall see. I I, I don't know. Well, there are two division games to start the year that they could have won. Yeah. You know, the Atlanta game is slightly misleading that they were in that thing. It was 17. It was 10-10. Yes. For all intents and purposes, Jesse Bates makes some incredible plays for Atlanta. Fine. You end up losing on the road. You come back home. You play a division foe. You're at home. Mm-hmm. These are the kind of games that you have to win. Yeah, and that one's also slightly misleading. Twenty seventeen, eh, there was a late little backdoor action there. So, so it's funny you mentioned gotta, that. Got to score touchdowns. The Rice, risk of being obvious. Frank Reich after the game, and this is the this is the clip. This is the soundbite from yesterday's post game press conference that has gotten the most amount of run. And you tell me what this sounds like to you. We're talking in there for a little bit, not with the team, just talking with a couple guys. Like I've seen seen this before. It's not that far away. It looks bad. Um, but really, I don't believe it's that far away. You know, we make a couple plays here, we um, are here and there, and next thing you know, you got 28, 30 points. Uh, just, I know that's true. I know we have the players and the coaches to do it. Um, I have zero doubt about that. It's just we have to execute better on offense. Our radio people told us that they, you take away those those runs, and we outscored it by 19. So. <laughs> So here's the thing, Frank. It's week two, and you're already bizdelicking this bad boy. We don't want to do this, man. It's like 20, you know, 27 total points in two weeks. But you yeah. know, if things go a different way, we got 28 points on the board in this game. But you did But the funny thing I, is, he's right. He's, ul- say, I mean, he's ultimately right. I can see where he's coming from. But hey, and I just said uh, maybe they didn't get the right guy in mm. terms of for what they need right now. Yeah, but he's 62. And he has that experience and he has this staff that has all the experience. So there's nothing wrong with a little patience there. There's nothing wrong with having that viewpoint. There's nothing wrong with trying to be positive with your team after two tough losses when you've probably felt like, hey, we we actually could have won at least the Atlanta game. By the way, Frank Reich has has experience with this. His Indianapolis Colts teams in a really bad division, much like the NFC South. Started out slow, and they ended up winning the division, I think, twice with just above 500 records. They never pulled a Ron Rivera and won the division with a I, losing record, but yeah, they, my, they started off slow. My only wish for them would have been this would have been Seattle, Minnesota to start yep. instead of Atlanta, New Orleans to start. The division games, particularly in a division like this, mm-hmm. they just have so much more value than what they're about to see the next four weeks, actually. Well, I think the, the, the issue, too, is that the Panthers have gone up against two pretty good defenses. The Atlanta Falcons yeah. are at 2-0 and right now because they know how to win. They know what their identity is. They're not asking Desmond Ritter to lose football games for him. It's B. John Robinson with some other skill positions and a defense that's going to get the job done. The Saints have a really good defense, too, um, while they're still trying to work things out offensively. That gets to the question about the Carolina Panthers. What is their identity? Their defense, I thought, was really good last night and kept them in that game. But when the offense can't do anything when they can't extend drives we're dealing with a problem which got to a question about play calling for frank reich after the game and i again i think it's odd that we're already at week two and people are wondering if frank reich is going to relinquish play calling to the younger staff i'm always going to do what i think is best for the team right now i think it's best for the team that i'm calling the plays um i'm confident in the play calling um we all got to get better but i'm i'm not ready to to do anything there thomas is a great coach he's 
you know, one day I do want him to, one day I want him to call it when that will be, I don't know. Um, but you know, right now I know it's, it's a lot of things. It's not, the, it's not the play calling. I can be better. All the coaches can be better. All the players can be better. I'm not saying it's perfect, but, um, I'm confident that we have the coaches and the players and the play caller to be better on offense. So Frank Reich was asked a question from Mike Kay, who covers the Panthers for the Charlotte Observer shortly after that, following up on the play calling. And Frank gave an answer that I'm going to paraphrase here saying, oh, I'm talking to everybody. I'm considering all things. And it's almost like the paralysis from analysis. They've, they're overthinking their offense right now, or they don't trust it. I'm leaning on that they don't trust the offense. And Frank Reich, to your point, is old and he has his ways about how he wants sure. to go about these things. And I think it's actually, it's negatively impacting the Panthers and how they're going forward. And honestly, Bryce Young's development. Here's the thing about the NFL. We can talk about this. We'll talk about this forever. Mm-hmm. These teams all do the same things now. True. Right? So the only way for you to have a difference is to have a hammer, is to have a difference maker. Who are the, who are the actual difference makers for the Panthers? I do think Brian Burns is one of them mm-hmm. on defense. You look at offense, and they went out and got Miles Sanders. Which, maybe you want to run the ball with Miles Sanders? I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, Deontay Foreman last year, I thought, in, in the system that they had him in, he was on a one-year deal. Yeah. Look, he's not. they're not popping anything on, on, on offense right now. So the question becomes, well, how do you get those players? You know, the Dolphins, the Bills, even before that. The Bills go out dig, go out and get Stephen Diggs to help Josh Allen. Yeah. The Dolphins go out and get Tariq Hill to help Tua Tungabayaloa. And the question now becomes, where do you find these players? Do you, you either get them in the draft, mm-hmm. which you can't go back and change the draft, but JC Horn, you know, a lot of the guys that they've taken in positions that should be premium draft positions haven't panned out for yeah. them. Right. Yeah. So it's like, what do you do? How do you, how do you make it work? And now you don't want to play Burns, pay Burns, even though you turned down the two first round picks for him to your point about what the dolphins did about assets, they had, they had a fire sale mm-hmm. and they basically said, Oh, you want Minka Fitzpatrick? Here, Here you go. go. First round pick Larry Tunsil, first round pick. And you don't Here have you to go. use those draft picks to draft players. You can then turn those draft picks, which they did. They only had to give up one. Think about that. The chiefs only got, they got a, a slew of picks, but only one first round pick for yeah. a three kill. Yeah. You're telling me he wasn't worth Okay, one first round. There's there's a lot of bills coming due for the Panthers. Speaking of bills, uh, we pay the bills with graffiti. They sponsor our conversations about the Carolina Panthers throughout the season. Uh, Sundays at graffiti in downtown Cary are awesome. They got TVs all over the place. Uh, if a game of interest uh, hasn't come on yet, you can throw axes while you wait, uh, or you can get into their bourbon specials. Uh, they're changing it up all the time. Uh, Adam and Wayne have an incredible bourbon selection behind the bar. And on Tuesday nights, today, they've got break-even night. Go check out their social media channels. They'll show you what it is that you're going to get at cost. But Sundays at Graffiti are off the chart. One last note about the Carolina Panthers and last night's loss on Monday Night Football to the Saints. That I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to absolve Bryce Young of any wrongdoing last night. He also has some development things that he has to get around to. The fumble being the biggest one, where... It, <laughs> There are times where you get reminded, man, this ain't college. And you might be able to break off something like that and be a little bit careless with the ball in college. At this level, you cannot do that. And it, the, the, the lack of awareness, for as much as we've been sold on the processing, the, the decision-making and things like that, that's where Bryce Young was a little too slow to make the right decision, being careless with the ball, as I forgot who it was with the Saints coming up right behind him and batting that ball right out. That's not protecting the ball. 
that's not what we were kind of sold on Bryce Young. But again, he's a rookie. It's a mistake. We've seen rookies so far this year with CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson's have their ups and downs. And Frank Reich after the game is confident that things are going to get fine. I think Bryce is handling the pressure, pressure. Well, listen, he's a quarterback, you know, head coach quarterback, right? We're, you know, we're, we're going to take the heat as, and that's just comes with the territory. So um, you own that and you understand that when you're in that position and Bryce understands that for the position that he's in. So um, I can tell you this, it's certainly, you know, our struggle on offense. It's, it's not one person. Um, Again, we'll look at the film, but, you know, I thought Bryce still did some really positive things, um, made some good, made some plays with his feet, made some good decisions, made good throws, um, showed plenty of things that we want to see. So I was encouraged by that. I, I know how hard it is to play that position. I've been around it a long time, um, and, and I know how dependent it is on everything. So we all got to get better. Um, everybody's got to get better, coaches and players. Um, so that's, that's the way we work through it. So, again, that's Frank Reich after the game. Uh, it's getting late early for the Panthers, man. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Big thanks, everybody. Back to OGP tonight. I think it went well. People took some photos. That was a lot of fun. Our new sign from Graphics House. I know. We'll Steven Stacy. We'll have to uh, we'll have to break that out here in a second. Um, and we have to find a spot for it. We're gonna have to spend some time with the camera and making sure it's behind you in the best possible position. Lights too, right? Do we need to add some lights? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to we'll play around with it. Like, yeah. Okay. Plenty of lighting in here. No, we had, yeah, but gets sometimes, it right. Sometimes, gets it right. Sometimes you gotta get it to pop with some other stuff. I, some accent I know, lighting. I know. We could. You know me. I love lights. I got yes, Halloween. I got Halloween lights. I'm ready to put up. Okay, as long as they're not Christmas lights. No, I'm going to respect your. I'm going to respect Thanksgiving this year. Good. I will respect respect the bird. I will respect the bird. Do not worry about that at all. Uh, but again, big thanks to everybody who showed up at OGP tonight. I'm sure we have another event cooking at we some have point. The OG Golf Classic coming up on Friday, October sixth. We do. There could also be a tailgate in our future as well. November, Some, yes, for the Canes. Something to be on the lookout for. And speaking of the Canes, I think we're going to be back out at the Breeze through in October from we the are. Beer Cave. Yes. I think we're going to be out there for that. That should be a lot of fun when the Canes are back in action. Uh, big thanks to Breeze through for sponsoring Ovi's and Gilio. Check them out across their location, you know, all across North Carolina. Get that lifetime refill tumbler that is truly clutch. And when you're getting ready to go to football games at Carter Finley or in uh, Chapel Hill, there's a breeze through conveniently located where you can pick up your tailgate goods. Also, big thanks to Whitaker and Hamer for sponsoring Ovi's and Gilio. Check them out online at wh.lawyer. Again, that's wh.lawyer. Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, 20 years, more than 20 years experience. All the locations, family law, you're closing on a house, you're selling a business. Hit them up, wh. Dot lawyer. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline columnist for the News and Observer, he is Luke DeCock. Luke, what's going on, man? Fellas, how are you? I'm still recovering from watching the Panthers Panther. <laughs> I was going to say, hopefully your Tuesday is better than the Panthers Tuesday. Yeah, you fire, it's the, the line from Wall Street. You fire half the management, nothing changes. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't know. It just feels like I, I had this part of this conversation via text with Julia during the second half. Mm-hmm. I feel like every summer, every summer, it doesn't matter who the coach is, who the GM is, who the owner is, the Panthers misevaluate their own talent, say, oh, you know, we're just, we're one player away. Yeah. 
And then by September 15th, they're like, oh man, we got, we're going to really have to work hard to not go two and 15. Like, <laughs> how do you make the same mistake under different regimes every year? And I don't like, I, I, it's just, it's, it's baffling to me. There's, it's something in sort of the franchise DNA, I guess, that you're like, Maybe. oh man, yeah, like Shaq Thompson is still the player he was five years ago. And now that he's out, we can't win. Like, you talk to people like around other teams, they're like, Shaq Thompson's good, but. Mm-hmm. It's not 2015 or whatever, the, whatever, you know, it's just it's, it's the, the misevaluations year after year of, oh, our offensive line is one of the best in the league. It's just like, come on, man. Is this not where the Carolina Hurricanes were just six years ago? A lot of similarities. You know, Victor Rask is the number one center. Um, you know, we're going to we're going to trade up and get the guy and then you get the wrong guy. Like just, mm-hmm. you know, all of these all those things uh, very, very Hurricanes esque right down to the fan base. Like I had a guy tweet at me like, they're not booing Bryce Young. They're booing the play. They're booing the play calling. I was like, yeah, in the second home game, they're going to be booing Bryce Young. And he's like, oh yeah, that's a good point. Like, it's like, it's like, it's just like the Panthers or the Hurricanes in 2013. It's a fan base that exists to eat its own young at this point. Yeah. Like no pun intended. Like it's just, you're only a fan if you like getting angry about stuff. It's like my dad in the Cubs bullpen. He doesn't care whether the Cubs win or lose. He just wants the bullpen to blow a save so he can text me and my brother about how bad the bullpen is. Like, that's all Panthers fans are at this point. Do we have a quarterback we can boo? Awesome. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go with it. Classic case of be careful what you wish for, right? Like, Marty Purdy, all of his faults, Mm -hmm. was brilliant at making first-round picks. Mm -hmm. Like, that guy's hit rate on his first-round picks. And you're like, yeah, but just imagine if he could could get more Steve Smiths and some more guys in those later More Frankie LeVoo's, apparently. (laughs) Now it's like, uh oh, mm. now you're not now you're not drafting well in the later rounds and you're not hitting on your first round pick. So it's like, ooh, now what do you got? I guess the Panthers need to play bastardized football. Maybe that's what they're maybe that should be their new motto. Bastardized football is apparently the Carolina Hurricanes are playing bastardized hockey, according to one anonymous quote in the athletic when they ooh. were talking about Brett Pesci. Oh, I have I no know, idea what that means. I, don't I think even know what that means. <laughs> I think it was a compliment. Yeah, I'll have to go pull up the quote, but I, okay. as, as we get closer to the start of the Carolina Hurricane season, we are going to have that conversation again about whether or not the Canes are good or bad for hockey. It is, it is hilarious to me that, speaking of having the same conversations, we kind of had that conversation about 2002 the all over again. I, I don't know. Yeah, kind of like that. Uh, speaking yeah. of what's good and what's bad, let's switch things over to college football. Um, I don't know if it's good or bad that the SEC is having the start that they're having while the ACC seems to have kind of gotten things right, uh, because I feel like this is waiting for Lucy to yank the football at one point. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's dog and Nick Saban, speaking of talent, misses evaluations, right? You know, what's her quarterback situation? Um, I I hope that the ball is not yanked right before the ACC can kick it, because it's been a really nice start to 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 the year. Yeah, I I just, I don't know that the ball is going to be yanked so much as the goalposts are going to move in some way. True. Like, I, I remember going back again like 10 years ago, there was a period of time where nobody in the SEC could score. Like every game was like 7-2. And all we heard about, like everything we heard about, SEC defenses are so good. Even SEC offenses can't score against them. And then like two years later, every SEC game was like 42-32 or 52-29 or whatever. And then we were like, SEC offenses are so good, the defenses can't keep up. And the ACC, they're just not good enough. And it's like, we just recycle the same BS over and over. And we just, not we, but the sort of sports industrial complex. ESPN's bread is buttered with the SEC. Fox's bread is buttered with the Big Ten. Whatever happens in those conferences is going to be what should have happened. Like Nick Saban, quarterback misvaluations. But you know what? Part of that is the rest of the SEC's caught up a little bit. 
Oh, yeah. Um, so we're going to get all that same crap. I, I don't know that the ACC can do anything other than have two one-loss teams competing for two college football playoff spots. Uh, you know, everyone was like, after the Florida State LSU game, like, oh, Florida State's back. I was like, you are just postponing the disappointment, buddy. Mm-hmm. And then we got it. We almost got it against Boston almost. College. Florida State will disappoint you. You can set your calendar to that. It's like Miami will not perform to its preseason poll. You can set your calendar by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but now, you know, I think the narrative is going to be, I think the ACC is off to a really good start. I think what Duke did to Northwestern is the sign of a very mature football program. Good teams win, great teams cover. They didn't give Northwestern a breath. And yeah, Northwestern's troubled and all that. Kind of, but, but they never had a chance. UNC, like that App State game, everyone's dogging them for letting App State bobble. App State's good. It's a good team. Well coached. I'm through on the other end of that. It's a good win. Minnesota, big physical team, does a lot of things that UNC doesn't handle well. It's a good win. You know, and you saw sort of the Drake May experience. So those are what should be the national narrative. Hey, the ACC's got some good teams we don't normally talk about. Duke, UNC, I think NC State, we can kind of push aside for a little bit now and see if maybe they get better. Um, but there are some teams in the ACC that can beat SEC teams, beat Big Ten teams. But that's not the narrative we're going to hear, right? The narrative we're going to hear is Clemson's down. Oh, Clemson's down. What's the ACC going to do? I'm just, I'm so exhausted with college football, capital C, capital F, the realignment, the BS media narratives, the people acting like Deion Sanders is reinventing the wheel when all he's doing is what any smart coach would do in 2023. Like, it's just, it's exhausting. I mean, part of it is the sort of Fox influence where everything has to be a culture war, even football, but ESPN's part of it too. And, uh, but yeah, I think they, to answer your original question without like nine tangents, I, I think the ACC is off to a really good start. I just don't think yeah. anyone cares. I don't know there's anything the ACC could do in football. There isn't. Short of having two teams play for a national title. Yeah. For people yeah. to say, hey, you know what? Maybe the ACC is not so bad. Instead, it's Clemson's down and Stanford lost to Sac State. Did you have a double shot of espresso this morning? Man, I'm like, you know me, I'm like this all the time. This is what happens when you get me at 10 instead of 930. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> all right, good point. It's kind of like Joe in the afternoon. Like, well, when you get me at 7 a.m. versus 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it's a completely different show. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Just, uh, I don't know. College football is getting me riled. I'm just, as I said, I'm just sort of exhausted with yeah. the entire sort of waving hands and distinctly college football apparatus. It reminds me of the conversation that Joe and I have about losses in college basketball. I keep telling him that losses don't matter mm-hmm. on your NCAA tournaments about what you win. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite in college football. When you win, it doesn't matter. No. It's like, oh, yeah. well, maybe, everybody's just waiting for LSU. the loss. Oh, yeah, but yeah. yeah you know, there's the always like a yeah, but, you yeah. know, it's never what you do on the field, particularly, particularly for the ACC. Not, I don't, I get it. It's because, the, the as Luke said, Fox and ESPN and the people who follow those programs are experts at moving the goalposts. Yeah. As I said to you, and I'm sure Luke feels the same way. They're so excited about Texas beating Alabama because (laughs) Texas is going to be in the, so it's like, well, see, we added the right teams. Look how smart we are. Right. We even know which we even want expansion. (laughs) Expansion just means more. Yeah. Just I've, I've been accused of nitpicking. North Carolina a little bit to your point, like they've had some good wins and I'm not going to take those things away. It's, I guess to me, you have Drake may you have the gene Chiswick defense. As you've pointed out, you're not going to get two years of a bad gene Chiswick defense and the ACC while it has good teams like Florida state and Miami being back. I just feel like there's, it's there for North Carolina this year. Yeah. It really is there for them after we've seen a couple of weeks of the season 
But the problem that I have when I watch North Carolina, and I think this is reflected in how some fans react, I always feel they're like two plays away from everything falling apart. And it's it's a strange dynamic that I when I watch the Tar Heels play that I can't get over. At some point, maybe I'll get over it. But right now, I can't get over it. I think, and I was I was at Duke on Saturday, so I only saw the highlights of UNC, but obviously the highlights were all Nate McCollum. Yeah. I think we saw we, with him in there, and, and Mac alluded to it yesterday at his press conference, that's more kind of the offense we thought we were going to have with Nate McCollum and Tez Walker. Yeah. So look at Nate and imagine Tez out there too. Um, I, I'm okay. Like, I think the South Carolina win, everyone came out of that game and go, oh, South Carolina's terrible. They can't block anybody. I think we saw that South Carolina is a better team than everyone thought after the UNC game. I mean, that's if South Carolina was the team we thought they were after the UNC game, Georgia would have smoked South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mean, now if South Carolina had beaten North Carolina, UNC might have hung a banner. But um, you know, it's it's I think UNC's wins are going to be flattered as the season goes on. I don't think South Carolina can possibly be as bad as the Gamecocks looked in certain phases of the game against Carolina. Um, I think they've got a couple NFL players on offense who we saw that a little bit against UNC and certainly against Georgia. I think mm-hmm. App State, you take that and run with it for the same reason Matt doesn't want to play the game anymore. That's a tough game. The the people your your kids went your went your, your players went to high school with care about that game. Yeah, um, it's a lot of families. It's in, like that's a good win. And then Minnesota, big physical team, does not lose. It, they're like the opposite of Dave Dorn, right? Minnesota does not lose power five non-conference games, period. End of story. Um, so that's a big one. Like that's a that's that's you're really going against history there. So I'm, I do feel I do feel like PJ Fleck loses the uh, fashion battle and wearing a merino wool quarters like a 91 degree degrees day. on a on a turf. Hey man, official turf with the one that brung you, I guess. I mean, come on now. I mean, everybody like like I jokingly said the other day, it's 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 as if PJ is still like me in high school, growing up in South Florida, where grunge and flannel was in and i gotta wear my jeans and flannel in 85 degree humidity yeah come on yeah i mean look i'm a i'm a i'm a merino slash cashmere cashmere quarter zip guy you guys know that that's me in basketball season but that's basketball season right like that's indoors air conditioning um yeah there's air yeah there's ac that makes uh i will say this about unc just to kind of wrap the point up yeah if you were to take a big sort of 500 foot view of unc what have they done this year they've won three games without a guy they thought was going to be one of their best players the mm-hmm. defense has been pretty good. They've gotten a pass rush. The secondary's been okay. I think, I think the like I no offense, but I think nitpicking North Carolina at this point, you're looking the wrong direction. You Perhaps. should be looking at North Carolina still has a lot of room to grow mm-hmm. and is winning games that North Carolina absolutely would have lost last year. No, 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 I, I'm not gonna disagree with that. Uh where I go with the nitpicking thing is that I feel like if they just clean things up a little bit, like the penalties, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I mean, that's room to grow for sure. The, the room but to also, grow, yeah, not catastrophically. We've seen this thing kind of perpetuate over the last couple of years under Mac Brown, where there's that, especially when it comes to hurting yourself. And I just want the, the, the Tar Heels to understand if you just stop doing that, like it's to the moon, baby. I mean, that's really yeah, where you yeah. could be if you just clean those things up. But to your point, yes, they absolutely can grow. Luke DeCock, News and Observer columnist. Luke, we appreciate it, man. We will talk to you later. You got it, fellas. All right. That's Luke DeCock here on Ovias and Gilio. He is with the News and Observer. All guests appear on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Also, big thanks to Homefield. 
Homefield sponsors, Ovias and Julio. You can check them out online at homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code OG23 to get 15% off your order. Again, that's OG23 to get 15% off your order. They're coming out with new stuff every single week. Got the email from Homefield about some new drops that are coming our way. Some of these rivalry drops that will be on the way. So I'm really, really excited about that. And once you buy something from them, they're just going to give you more coupons. But they get started with OG23 to get 15% off your order. Some of our OG Pizza Night people were wearing Homefield gear. I like that. I like to see that, Joe. Yeah, and you know what happens when you order? You get more discounts. Like I said, you get Down, more. Download that app too, man. I'm telling you, the app's, the app's the way to go. And you know me. I can't figure anything out. No, I can, can figure out their app. That's that's an endorsement. Yes. That is an endorsement. <laughs> it's the truth. Uh, speaking of figuring things out, selling a house on your own, eh, look, you don't want to do that. You're probably leaving money on the table. That's why you need experts. You notice the theme on this program. You get experts for things like this. Hometown Realty can do that for you. Buy or sell maximizing what your home is worth, not taking some sort of guaranteed offer where you know they're not giving you the maximum that your house is worth. Sometimes homes are going for over list. So get the experts at Hometown Realty to take care of you. Yeah, I love their website in part because of that toggle right in the middle, buy, Mm -hmm. sell. They make it really easy on myhtr.com. They also have a mortgage calculator. Mm -hmm. I know some people are like, hey, what do I need to pay? How do I make this work? How can I get to a certain price point? Do you know what you need? You need help. They're experts. They know what they're doing. You don't have 250 people on your team in six different locations. If you were not an expert, check out Barry Woodard's crew. It's myhtr.com. Also, big thanks to Butcher's Market for sponsoring Ovias and Chilio. I told you about what I went and got over the weekend. The spinach dip stuffed portobello mushrooms were off the charts good. Tonight, it's Taco Tuesday. So I'm using an ancient family recipe passed down from generation to generation the charred jalapeno and garlic chicken breast, which I'll throw on the grill tonight because, my goodness, the weather is off the charts amazing. Yes. It's a great grill at night. Thanks Living to Butcher's for Market. this weather right now. Go check them out, thebutchersmarkets.com or go in person. Go to the mothership there on, on Millbrook and Falls. Great spot. They have the French fries there. They have all these sandwiches. I, I, some of the people last night were like, yeah, I had no idea that they sold sandwiches. I knew like they had meat and stuff like that, but I had no idea they made sandwiches. I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And the steak and cheese is delightful. Move on. Back to the NFL. There's a bunch of 2-0 teams. There's a bunch of 0-2 teams, Joe. Let's play a game, shall we? Let's do it. Let's play a game. Let's go to the teams that are 0-2. Let's let's start with 2-0. Okay. Here's your list of teams right now that are undefeated. The Dolphins and the Ravens out of the AFC. The Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, Niners. Yeah, the NFC East. (laughs) And then, everybody the in the, and then everybody in the NFC South. Yes. Except for the Carolina Panthers. There's a couple in here that I go, eh, I'm not so sure about. The Cowboys are absolutely legitimate at 2-0. But it's September that the Cowboys are always legitimate but in you, September. But the way Mark, Micah Parsons is playing right now, no, he's, he's, he's elevated to the, you know how Aaron Donald. About difference makers. Yes. Know, it used to be Aaron Donald was, man, if like, if you're not having a quarterback, who's the guy you want on your team? Aaron Donald was that guy. The way Mark, Micah Parsons has been playing this season has been off the charts. So I think I get your point about the Cowboys, but the way that defense is playing, they're mauling people, man. And that's why I think it's a little bit different with the Cowboys so far. The Eagles issues, they haven't been, the Eagles are not overwhelming teams, but I think that's a byproduct of the schedule that they've played so far. Remember last year, the Eagles were largely due to uh, some breaks in the schedule. I don't fault that. You take care of business against teams that you're scheduled against and Jalen Hurts racked up some yards against that. 
he's kind of come back down to earth a little bit, but the Eagles still 2-0, uh, again, based on the schedule so far. It's the Commanders who are an absolute great story right now at 2-0, but in no way, shape, or form is this sustainable. They've been playing some really wild games in Washington. I mean, it almost came down to uh, a two-point conversion with Russell Wilson, and how many times have Carolina fans seen a Carolina quarterback get got by Russell Wilson in weird situations? I feel like we're on a collision course in the NFC between the Cowboys and the Niners. Remember their playoff yeah. game last year was a lot closer than most people remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I think either one of those teams will end up in the Super Bowl. Miami looks like the best team in the AFC mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. That is all contingent upon Tua Tunga Bailoa being healthy, though. So, you know, you look at the rest of the AFC, we're just waiting for the Chiefs. I don't know if the Chiefs still have a rabbit in the back of their hat. They might. You know, I wrote them off last year. I know. They, they might. Um, but, you know, you look at the AFC and we thought, oh, well, you know, maybe it's Aaron Rodgers. Maybe the Bills will finally walk through the door. At the Both of those teams obviously can be had. Mm-hmm. The Ravens talk about guys who can make make differences. Their quarterback can. Uh, they obviously made a smart draft pick in Zay Flowers, who I was on from the jump. Mm-hmm. But you start looking around the rest of the AFC, you're like, mm-hmm. I mean, Miami, this is your shot. This is Miami. This shot. is your chance. It really is. Keep them shot. upright. Which gets us to the flip side of this teams that are 0 and 2 and the New England Patriots at 0 and 2. This is very uncharted territory for Bill Belichick as the head coach of the New England Patriots. I don't see. It's funny. We we started the conversation today about the Carolina Panthers and decisions made and those things coming home to roost. I feel the same thing with the with the New England Patriots. What difference makers have they added to that team? The defense isn't as stout as it used to be. Mac Jones has I don't even know I don't even know if we can have a proper proper assessment of Mac Jones based on the team that's around him right now. I think he's just kind of working with what he's got in all honesty. The last two Alabama quarterbacks had it really nice yeah, in right? college. Funny how that it works. It ain't the same in the pros. No, it's <laughs> not. The Chargers are 0-2, and if that doesn't turn around, Staley's uh, going to get fired. Yeah, I mean, I think the Chargers and the Bengals are your two teams that you look at and go, okay, they have a chance. The rest of them, though, to be perfectly honest with you, Minnesota was a statistical anomaly last year. Yes. The way that they won 11 games with with basically a, a negative point differential. It's Wild. like, it's impossible to do <laughs> what they did last year. We also can all agree that Minnesota's defense is hot garbage, although they're, they're trying to get better in that category. The Panthers, we've talked about. The Cardinals, I think, are the have the worst roster in the NFL. And then the Broncos, look, and the Texans are, are in that same rebuild as, as the Cardinals. But the Broncos, look, man, Someone probably needs to tell Russ it's it's closing time. Is it Russ though? I somebody because probably needs to tell Russ it's closing time. But speaking of things that are not as easy when you don't have certain things around you. Remember, Sean Payton was brought in to turn things around. Yeah. And he he went to the Nathaniel Hackett card too soon. All he right. Certainly did. In all of our years talking with coaches. I, here's the problem with the Broncos, though. They've lost to the Raiders who aren't good. No. And Washington, who's not good. No. Like it's one thing to lose to good teams. It's another to lose games that you think you're in a position to win. This was set up for them. This was set up for them to have a quick turnaround. And you know me, if it doesn't happen in the first three seconds, I just don't think it's going to happen. Okay. For so you. to that point, to that point, do you think it's Russ or do you think it's Peyton or is it a combination of both? Cause I think it's a combination of both you and I, sure. you to, to, to wrap back to my point about coaches and talking points and how they go about things. In all the years that you've been around new coaches, there's usually a there's usually a sequence to these things. 
when things don't get off to a hot start, you you blame the previous administration. Yeah, but you that's don't, the easiest play in the world. But you don't blame the previous until administration you get to the slow start. until you get to the slow start. <laughs> Sean Payton came right out of the gate with cock oh. of the walk. Like, ah, Nathaniel, I mean, if you watch what they did last year, none of that's going to happen. Malpractice. It was coaching malpractice out there. So what have I seen so far in two games for the Denver Broncos? Yeah, two losses by a total of three points, which... And it's you, hard not to turn around and look in the mirror on sometimes. Yeah, and Sean Payton's <laughs> talking about, yeah, we have to get the right personnel out there. We're going to mm. be quicker about this. That's preparation. So, and he talked about wrist banning it. Like, you really going to put you really going to put the play calls on Russ's wrists? Russ ran for fifty six yards, so that was good. Yeah, I guess you know you know how I feel about this. Yeah, I know. If Russ is running, then It'll it's be okay. Fine. If Russ is running, he'll be fine. So I just feel like Sean Payton went to the let's blame Nathaniel Hackett card way too quickly in this. Uh, in, in yeah, the he got out of, of the order of operations. He really, he yeah. really did. You save that one for week four, yep. week five, and then you start the controversy, and then people might want to give you the benefit of the doubt, and then it kind of switches like, over. Yeah, to Russ. you know he's right. He did get a lousy hand here. Yeah, <laughs> come on, man. You got to do you got to do a better job than that. You absolutely have to do a better job than that. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, ESPN's Brooke Pryor. She is the Pittsburgh Steelers reporter, but we talk about all sorts of NFL fun stuff with Brooke. How are you feeling this morning? I, I told you. Are you sure you want to do Tuesday morning after the Steelers play a Monday night game? Are you sure? I, I'm not sure anymore. Yeah. Uh, That's what the, I thought. Listen, somebody has to tape a hit for a sports center at 1.30 in the morning and that someone was me last night. Um, although also our Browns reporter, Jake Trotter, taped one also because that's what happens when the best player on your team is out for the season. Uh, I taped one because the Steelers won a football game. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it because their offense was good. Uh, and I, in fact, had to reference the fact that not only was there a very audible Fire Canada chant, after I think it was the seventh three and out, sixth three oh, and out. Yeah. It, it was a, a, a large number of three and outs. They punted the ball seven times last night, and it was after an option play where Kenny just ran the wrong way and uh, lost yards on the final, on the last third down. Uh, after the defense had come up with stop after stop after stop, and they really just needed to salt the game away, and they didn't do that. So I had to reference the fact that there was a fire candidate chant and also that the offense got booed more than the Browns got booed last night. So yeah. it, it it was a rough outing, but the Steelers won somehow. It couldn't be because of this, my new favorite stat in the history of all of football, could it? Oh, what's that? The Pittsburgh Steelers are the only NFL team that hasn't recorded a 400-yard game on offense since the start of the 21 season. Wait, what? Every other team has done it at least three times. Nine have done it 10+. plus. <laughs> Matt Canada was hired as the offensive coordinator from the Steelers in 2021. Huh. The joy on Ooh. your face and in your body language Weird. as you read that stat, I don't think I've ever seen someone so happy reading a stat or so justified, people, people validated. Get people get confused when it comes to me in Canada. I, have, I, I do not dislike Matt Canada. I just don't think he's very good at his job. Like I, I, and I think he's very predictable. That's all. 
So now like the rest of the world is kind of catching up to, yeah. Oh, not that the rest of the world, like LSU fired him like midway through one of the seasons, you know, Pat Narduzzi has his war of words with him, this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I, I don't understand why the Steelers, why Mike Tomlin, who arguably is like one of the three best coaches in the NFL would waste his time. This is why I'm confused. This is my outrage. I don't, I don't give two shits about the Steelers. I don't, but they have a proud fan base, man. And it, it, I'm surprised it's taken them this long to be like, wait a second. Our offense is not very creative. Wait a second. Our offense isn't very good. Wait a second. Where are all these three and outs coming from? I don't know. Maybe it's the screen to the backup tight end. I feel, I feel like you've waited so long for to just go on one. And I, and you know what? I, it has taken me a long time to come around to this because I was one of the people saying, you know what? Give him time in the system. Give him time with a quarterback. He's had changes. He's had all of these other obstacles. Let's, let's let him, you know, get adjusted. This is the make or break it year. It's broken at this point. I mean, we're two games into this season. The offense looks certifiably terrible, right? And like, a lot of it is on Matt Canada. The, the way that the game started, Pickett had what three straight throws, three and out, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's or I he ended on an interception, which Kenny Pickett is more erratic than I thought he would be, and that's a concern. I'm not sure how much of it is Pickett and how much of it is the play calling or the freedom that he has. I do think that there's some big issues with his accuracy that I didn't see at all in training camp and didn't see it all over the second half of the season. So I'm a little bit confused about where that's coming from. Mm -hmm. But to me, the drive that just made me want to pull my hair out was the second drive where they ran a sweep with Najee and then a toss. And it would, when you look, you have him running out wide. He's not a guy that needs to be moving horizontally, throw him up the middle. And like, I don't think that I, I think that Najee was very frustrated. I also don't think that Najee has performed as well as they would think a first round running back would. Um, Jalen Warren gets put in better situations and right now is looking like the better running back. Um, But I think a lot of it too, is just the situations that they're running Najee in and that's not working. And so when you're not using your players to their strength and you're being predictable and this offense is just sputtering. Like they'll have one good drive. Mm-hmm. And you get Kenny Pickett connecting with George Pickens at, for a 71 yard touchdown. It's like, oh, yeah, they, they can be good, but there is just no consistency. And if I'm the defense, I am so frustrated. The defense outscored the offense last night, they had 14 points. Yeah. The offense had 12. Although I feel, and this gets to the, the Browns as well and Deshaun Watson's play so far this season. I feel like NFL in general, I don't have the stats in front of me. I know after week one, uh, the quarterbacks were eh for the, for the most part. Offenses just haven't really been taking off so far. That'll correct itself over time. But two weeks of the season, and maybe you know, watching the Panthers play the last two weeks too <laughs> – we're not really yeah, getting a lot quite of quite a night of bonanza football. Yeah, last like night. we're not, but that, but that's been kind of true across the league yeah, right now. Sure. You, you're not really seeing high flying dynamic offenses. Even the chiefs that we associate as this dynamic offense has been run by their defense so far. Joe Burrow, clearly something is not right with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati and they are off to a slow start. Uh, a, a 
you know, Josh Allen Cleveland is Josh just lost Allen. their best player. So Mike Tomlin's going to be fine. He, of course, yeah. clear. But I think I, Mike Tomlin's going to be fine. I think what we're seeing, Brooke, just anecdotally, I feel like it's been a slow start to the year and the NFL has gotten to this ratings high because it's been offensive driven. Ratings are still good, but at some point, people are going to watch this product and go, this isn't, this isn't good right now. No. And, you know, I, I did a story that I kind of had been working on for months that finally ran last week on the death of the deep ball Mm -hmm. and it was at an all-time low last year uh since i think our stats go back to 2006 and which makes sense too because football cyclical right so there have been times in the past where the deep ball has not been as big a part of the game plan as it was in the last several years or you know maybe five years ago and it's been trending down over the last five to ten years because of the way that defenses are changing, they're playing a lot more too high. They're being a lot more aggressive um, in in the way that they're aggressive, not in like a man to man sense, but in these zone matchup senses. And so, offenses offenses are saying, "Okay, that's fine. You're not putting your guys on an island. Then we're not going to put ours out there. We're going to just run a lot of you know shallow concepts. The intermediate passing game is going to be big. The mm-hmm. run game is going to be big, which." I think then opens up a whole other conversation of, wow, you guys are really leaning on your run game, but you don't want to pay your running backs, but you're not really using your wide receivers and quarterbacks like you used to. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should give some money to the running backs who are really having to, as the deep ball goes away, it swings the other way and the run game becomes a much more important factor. But, you know, they view running backs as replaceable. Irreplaceable commodities. Well, it it also becomes yards after catch. Like, we'll we'll take Tua Tagovailoa and the win against the Patriots. Dolphins win over the Patriots. And Patriots fans are just like, I don't get the Tua thing. You know, all of his yards are basically yak. But that's all it is. I'm like, (laughs) right, but that's the league. You you know who can use some yak right now? Bryce Young. Because Bryce Young, I think, so I think the stat was, um, I want to say the stat right now for yards after catch is like they, they, the wide receivers for Bryce Young only have 55 yards after catch in yep. two games. That's brutal right now. And that's where the yep. league is. And that was one of the problems last year with the Bills is the Bills receivers were one of the lowest, if not the lowest in the league in terms of yak. Mm-hmm. And Josh Allen was having to throw the deep ball. Well, when you have a quarterback that, yeah, he can, but then he's also opening himself up to a lot of mistakes. We've seen him throw a lot of interceptions in week one. Week two, he bounced back. But, you know, one of the things and why he bounced back, he was throwing shorter passes. Mm. Quarterbacks need to adjust and take the easier completions and let their superstars do all the work on the back end. It's why I also don't think it's no coincidence that the one offensive touchdown they had last night, the Steelers had last night, that 71-yard touchdown, George Pickens had 56 yards after the catch. That is the recipe for winning in the NFL right now. It's not as exciting. Um, You know, it's exciting in a different way, but Mm. that's how you have to win now. And you're pure Uncle Rico. I'm going to throw the ball over a mountain, guys. That's that's just (laughs) not how offenses are right now. You want to get back to booing Matt Canada? No, I I don't boo. I'm just daydreaming, thinking about it. Wow, that really happened last are, are you, night. Are, is Joe? Is Julio? Is this ever, I'm, I'm ahead of everybody else on this. But just that's fine. A Matt Canada hipster is what I'm hearing. Good job. We're, you we're win. trying to. I was there before they broke big. So we're trying to cut that on costs. Um, I have a feeling that Julio is workshopping a trip up to Pittsburgh. Mm. So just to kind of be like, hold up a sign that says, "I was right about Matt Canada," just so we can go viral. 
I don't know. So you might be getting a visit from us. We'll Listen, bring, we'll bring that. We'll bring the sleeping bags. We'll just, you know, right there. I've got two air mattresses that Perfect. have both of your names yeah. on them. It's like Perfect. I've been preparing for this moment. And we're ready big, for this big weekend in Pittsburgh this weekend. That's true. With the heels. That's one of those games. <clears throat> it's only one I'm worried about that in Miami. Here, here's the thing that's uh, that really stinks for me. And I don't know why the ACC doesn't call me up and say, Brooke, what does your NFL schedule look like? We'll plan the UNC pit games in Pittsburgh around that. Yeah. Um, because this is my fifth season here. This is the third time I believe that Pitt has that UNC has traveled to Pittsburgh and I will not be here. Uh, I will be in Las Vegas. I will be oh, poor watch. I know. Vegas. Listen, Aww. I, I'm going to cry <laughs> as I watch the game from stadium swim at Circa. So <laughs> yeah, my tears will just drip into yeah. the pool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's a tough you, life. Somebody's got to live it. Are you sure the tears are going to be from <laughs> Pat Narduzzi's incredibly bad offense? I mean, is it illegal in that building to run modern offense at this point in time? Phil Dracovich is going through it right now, man. He, you know, I was talking to my producer last night and I said, you know, there's this, is, this is a very hyper local thing here. Um, but it is interesting to me that many Pitt fans are also Steelers fans. Not all Steelers fans are Pitt fans, but almost all Pitt fans are sure, Steelers fans, sure. right? Yes. I I don't know that an offense has been cheered on by their home stadium in Pittsburgh because Phil Dracovich most notably got upset a couple weeks ago uh, when uh, Pitt hosted Cincinnati and mm-hmm. lost and had a line about, you know, grown-ass men booing and that's not being okay. And then last night the Steelers offense got booed. So um, I think that offense might be illegal at Acrisure stadium for the home team. Uh, it's, it's my not great, but you know what my favorite thing to do this week is Pat Narduzzi, like most college football coaches has his idiosyncrasies, of right? Of course. He does not love seeing like the opponent. Like if I, if I'm going to show up today wearing this Carolina sweatshirt, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna automatically oh. be branded as a mole. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's fun for me because <laughs> I'm not in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I have no interest in in the game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I can tell you what UNC's game plan should be. They should remember that they have Drake May at, at quarterback, and <laughs> things will work out. Which they which they did at the end of the Minnesota game. It took a little bit. I always yeah. Mac and Brownlow always points this out to me. Just like just listen closely as Mac Brown always calls out his offensive coordinator as though he doesn't have a say in how these things happen. Okay, but we all know that Mac spends most of the game with the mic for his headset flipped up. Like he could flip it down and say some things in there apparently he, he did chooses. apparently he did in the app state game where he said no more wildcat and i think in the minnesota game i think he finally flipped it down and said hey can we can we keep it simple yeah like, can we get it to drake may let's go hey guys remember when all the nfl people said wow it's either going to be drake may or caleb williams at the number one pick and <laughs> and lincoln riley is using caleb williams like he should win a heisman right. and be the number one drafted quarterback and unc is using drake may like yeah, I mean, there's a guy playing the quarterback position. He, so he can do some things. Going. Come on. No, they finally got it going this week. It took some um, time. We'll see. We'll see if offenses go to die this week uh, with Carolina going to Pitt. We shall see. Otherwise, people are going to ask for Bain to show up and just open up that field and just take yeah. him down to the pit. 
you know what? It's actually not the worst idea. Maybe, maybe we can put in some calls. I don't know. I mean, nobody's blown up the stadium since it's been Acrisure Stadium. So, well, has it been the change from the Heinz to Acrisure? Is is there oh, a you know with offense? See, that would that would work if you know? if Ben Roethlisberger hadn't played at Heinz Field. Uh, I believe I believe it was still Heinz in his last season, and there was not great offense happening then. So, I, maybe it's the last time the natural field surface was replaced. I don't know. It's got bad juju right now. It really does. It really does. All right, Brooke, we appreciate the time as always. Um, get some more coffee. We'll talk to you later. See you guys. Big thanks to Brooke Pryor for hanging out with us. And big thanks to Matt Davis, insuregarner.com, theoginsurance.com, 919-779-8277. One of our mixtape winners was at OGP tonight, and we handed him the State New Farm tumblers. Tumblr. No, but I'm even more excited about Troy, one of our listeners who said, hey, I went and hit up theoginsurance.com. You guys weren't kidding. Matt Davis helped me save more than about 40% Love it. of my different insurance coverages. So you can do the same. Go hit them up because sometimes you want to talk to a real person and you can. All you got to do is call 919-779-8277. Also, big thanks to Mosquito Authority and Paste. Uh, paste? Pest Authority. They can get rid of Paste, too. I was thinking about tomato paste because of Pizza Night. Hayes was at Pizza Night last yeah, and night. Leanne. Uh, and I was, uh, I, I thanked Hayes a bunch because he's one of the OG OGs. He's and the OG OG. The OG OG. And we can't do this without There's guys. No lights on without Hayes. Like Hayes. <laughs> without guys like Hayes. Uh, with Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. I was telling him about our uh, our Aho interview. I said, mm-hmm. hey, man, I put Mosquito Authority to the test. I have an Aho sit in my backyard, which is, is, is an interview we're going to present to you tomorrow on the podcast. And I was like, but held up. So it's all good. Truth in advertising. So hit him up, bugsbite.com. Yeah, all kinds of coupons there when you get there too. $29 for your first service. Remember, he doesn't believe in contracts either. So you can get some monthly bundles starting at $125. You got a $50 off coupon. Check him out, Bugs Bite. Steve Wiseman, News and Observer, AP Top 25 voter. Uh, you're you're married already, so we don't have to ask you the question about Alabama fans and whether or not uh, you would get married to one because no. it's it's all about what have you done for me lately. But where, what ha- what has Alabama done for you lately? Where do you, ha- where, do you, where do you have them ranked? Anything. I had them 13th this week, which is probably – I need to revisit that. Uh, Why? Because, you know, I had them second in the preseason, and uh, I, I believed in Saban and their – bunch of five-star athletes and all that, but he doesn't have a quarterback, uh, which is like really important. Like you never thought they wouldn't have a quarterback. I thought they just, they would develop one. They haven't Mm -hmm. done it. Um, So, you know, the Texas game, okay. I dropped them significantly out of the top 10 and I didn't, I dropped them a couple of slots after South Florida. Um, But really I got to the point where like I have Duke and Carolina, like 14th and 15th Mm -hmm. and Alabama's like right ahead of them. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, am I going to, have Duke ahead of Alabama. <laughs> like, really? Like, is that what I'm going to do? And, and maybe it's going to come to that point. You know maybe what I'm saying? So maybe we'll um, that's that kind of where the rub was there. All right. The fall comes for us all, Steve. <laughs> it does. It, well, I guess the question is, based on what we've seen out of the, and I know Mike Elko referenced this um, after they had beat Northwestern. We have a hard time undoing all the knowledge we have about the SEC. We can't be honest about this season. You're supposed to be voting on this season. That's right. Not on the history of the SEC getting things right down the line. And right now, the SEC has been kind of mid. Yeah. And and, and I, I wonder if people will actually 
treat them that way for what they are. And I know maybe the argument you is, you know what the SEC can't wait for What's when that? they only play each other. Yeah. And they hate this. Yes, yeah, they do. They hate this. Yeah. They have a losing record to the ACC. They, the ACC has got a winning record against the big 10 this past weekend, but the ACC can't get any love because of, prior history or they look at Clemson losing to Duke. They don't put respect on Duke. Exactly. Uh, and those types of things. So I find it kind of strange. It's, a, it's been a really weird start to the season where the powers have shown you their weaknesses and you have to assess them objectively, but we can't because it's college football. It's very difficult with that. And uh, SEC football right now is kind of where ACC basketball has been the last two years. Yeah. Joe was making that point right? yesterday. Okay. Yeah. So I don't want to. No, no, go, go, no, go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. And uh, it's very true. It, it's now true. it's, now it is now it's baked in, right? The the problems are baked in. Mm-hmm. So when they start playing each other, like South Carolina played Georgia, yeah, we saw South Carolina get run over by North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're thinking, wait a minute, is South Carolina really that bad because they played Georgia? You know, uh, or is Georgia? Is there a problem with Georgia? There's a problem we haven't with Georgia, seen, right? But of course, you look at Florida State and you go, well, they struggled against Boston College. Although exactly. the context of the Boston College game is the Red Bandana game. They Correct. always play that game. Uh, they always ball out for that game. And so. Clemson up next. Yeah, a little bit of a trap game. You know, I mean, that's a tough spot. Yeah, that's a trap. So I guess we'll. I don't know what the excuse for Alabama at South Florida would be. The weather, the weather, the delays, not playing Milrow. Like, (laughs) what? Now you still trying to figure that one out. You you cover Duke, so you're you're closer to the Duke football situation. I feel, based on what I've seen so far, a. I know it's I know it's vibes. I get it's vibes, but sometimes you have to go with that. Duke looks like they're in control. Yes, the, the game I'm control. Used, thing, I'm right? not used to watching Duke in control. Right. <laughs> I've been over the 13 years, man. <laughs> even in even in Cutcliffe's best teams, there was a, there was a little bit of a gap there, right? This team Where, is not that squad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm-mm. And I watch Carolina play, and I always feel like something's about to go wrong. They're not in control. And I understand that Drake May has all the hype and Drake May is going to be playing on Sundays. But like, you know, Dollar Tree Daniel Jones over there is really kind of <laughs> at some point. But we're going to have to look at Riley Leonard and go, hey, man, he might be one of the best. If not, he might be the better quarterback right now. He's all of a sudden like looked as a first round draft pick. Yeah. Like, wow, is he coming a long way fast. Right. And but but he's doing it. And you look at him like I watch him. You know, it was with Luke DeCock, my columnist at the game Saturday, or a columnist. And like, you know, how does he get away? How does he do that? It's not like he's, you know, uh, it's not Michael Vick out there, no. but yet he makes the plays. Like, it's really. <laughs> what you was you could old... say it on this program. He's 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 sneaky athletic. He is, he's sneaky yes, athletic. That's right. Uh, that's shout right. out shout out to Kofi who occasionally <laughs> breaks out the screen grab of that ESPN. What if Michael Vick were white? That's what I'm watching when 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 Riley Leonard is playing. That's that's what I'm watching right now. It's amazing. He, he's different than May. He is. Like I don't want to fall is. into the. And they're I'm not, not the saying same. you are. I'm, they're I'm, not the same. I don't want to fall into the trap of what Drake May is or isn't. To me, he's the best quarterback. Absolutely, he's the best pro prospect. Absolutely. I don't think there's but any doubt are, about that. But those that. are different conversations. No, they are. And but the people who like love and live for Caleb Williams and and sure we have some mm. East Coast bias from from what we see and what we're exposed to. You just look at the different throws that Drake May makes, though, and you're like, oh, yeah. okay, come yeah. on now. No, I'm with <laughs> you on that. Like, that was last year, Florida A&M. Like, people were like, yeah, but it's Florida A&M. I'm like, mm, I'm not sure, guys. Like, <laughs> you, you got to get those eyes open a little bit. <laughs> but they had a great game. I know, and I tried to speed ahead um, to the Duke-Carolina game, and I know Duke's got so much in between, and yeah. Carolina's got Pitt mm-hmm. and Miami, but we were both kind of saying the way that Duke played against Clemson and they were hungry and the way that they showed up, 
you know they marked that one on the calendar. And not just because it was Carolina, but because of the way that last year's game played Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Which yep. to me was a coming out for both Leonard and for May. I know we have to wait a little bit. I'm getting excited about that one because we got tickets to give away to that one. Yeah, but that'll be fun. I, I, I think it's good. It's just, did you realize the last time they both started 4-0? and They've only started 4-0 and once ever? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that I either. I have done that history, but... 71. It, it makes 19, sense. 1971 <laughs> is the only time Duke and Carolina have both started 4-0 in the same season. And they're both favored. And, and, you know, and they're going to do we're, it. We're getting there. You yeah. know what I we're find? We're getting there. You know, you know what I find more eye-opening? Mike Elko and John Shire like in photos together. Oh, you mean oh, they're yeah. allowed... Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize. Uh, no, I, didn't realize you could, I didn't realize you could cross the streams <laughs> it, at Duke with the basketball coach. In fairness, you know? I think Mike probably tried early in his career to be a team player. I know. I, w- I would suggest that, yes. I, and I then know. after a while, it was kind of like, hey, <laughs> I'm not going to help you if you're not going to help yourself. Okay. <laughs> so I think there is a little bit of that. So can Coach K be the guest picker when game day finally shows up at Wallace Wade? I think that he's got to be first on their list to ask, right? right? Doesn't, yeah. he to. Doesn't he have to be the ask, right? Or, uh, uh, of course, we're, jo- we're I'm, I'm partially joking. It's entirely possible. No, it is that Duke hosts game day. It it, it very much is. And uh, maybe, maybe for Notre as, Dame next, maybe next as week. soon as Notre next Dame. Week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It kind of depends on never, how this weekend goes. Duke has never been involved in game day either as a visitor or the home team. Yeah. So this is a you know this would be a big deal for them. And so. you know ESPN will bring out all the stops. I mean, I'm telling you because it's Duke. It's it's. I mean, they they know the, all they know all the camera you, shots. You, you mean for the basketball? Bas- you mean the basketball program? They were fifty percent responsible for creating that one? Oh. You mean that one? Yeah, the that other 50% one. credit, I guess? Or I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to give K 50% credit okay. for that. What a marriage. What a marriage, though. I mean, come on. Yes, yeah, it is. It was, you can't have good. one without the other. It is good. It is good. All right, Steve, before we get out of here, based on what we've seen so far in your AP Top 25 voting, we understand that, you know, Georgia's number one. Is there a true... Wait, but is Georgia number one? It, yeah. but that, that's Are what, they the best team in the country? Is there a true best team in the country right now? No. Not, not enough data points. Okay. okay? Based it, on what we've seen. Is there a contender out of the ACC that you've seen so far? Sure. Florida State. Florida State's that contender. Yeah. Even with right. the, I'm going to give them the, the mulligan for Boston College. Hey, Everybody's sure. going to have football. a week. You're all going to have But that. like the way they played against LSU and what LSU's done since then. Okay. Makes total sense. Yeah. All right, Steve. We'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Big thanks to Steve Wiseman for hanging out with us. And big thanks to Wings Over. Ryan was at OG Pizza Night last night. We had the wings spread to go with the pizza. It was great. You made me branch out. I tried the lemon pepper hot. What'd you think? Had a little zing to it. Right? Very nice. It it hits you with the lemon pepper first. Yep. Then. There's a little heat late. The heat comes in late. It was good. There was also like a new, like a tangy Korean barbecue that I really enjoyed. You know me. I don't like the branch out. I know. You don't like change. Sweet chili. All the way. But. When you get those new flavors, here's the deal. It's got good wings. Yeah. Right. We, we didn't lie to you about pizza. We don't lie to you about the butcher's market. We're not lying to you about wings over. Check them out. Wingsover.com. They're actually in in October. So pretty quickly here, it's going to be open for lunch. Awesome. So go Very check them out right there that. on Hillsborough Street, right across from UT. And throughout today's podcast, we have been referencing OG Pizza Night. We could not have done OG Pizza Night without Anthony at Oakwood Pizza Box as we get into some Hey Joe. We had the squares ready to go. We had a variety of pizzas that were out there. And people went home happy with some leftovers. Can't ask for much more than that, right? It was a big day. We're really excited. And we got a sign, which should be on tomorrow's podcast, All right. which I'm very excited. I had to like tell you, hey, 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 hey. 
Let's record the podcast. We can get the sign situated later. You know our handy skills are a little suspect. Well, yes, because I have the paper ruler over there. That's really going to be accurate with some of the stuff. We probably need to drill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like it. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think you're right about that. All right, let's go to uh, Mr. Marshall. Uh, Hey, Joe, I think Panthers fans are going to have to circle back to this post from Bill Voth, who used to work for the Carolina Panthers going forward this season. This, This is a series of tweets at the end of preseason that we highlighted on the podcast and and again, both used to work for the Panthers and he tweeted out this season. Isn't about making the playoffs, even though the division is even weaker. It's not about winning. Really. It's about one thing, November and December. That's when you'll know if you have your franchise QB. And he talked about growing pains and the OL and the group that they brought in at wide receiver and not getting too caught up in the hype and vibes that you have to be honest with people about it. Well, the funny thing about football is that once you actually get games played, you can find your honesty. And I think we've tried to keep it as honest as possible as it relates to the Panthers going forward. I'm not done with them. I just hope to see that they take what they've take what they've had the last two weeks and apply some lessons. Let's go to the YouTube comments. Uh, this was under our conversation about the Tar Heels taking advantage of what's in front of them. Mm-hmm. A pretty wide open ACC, in my opinion. Uh, from a bunch of letters, username, if ovaries Uh-oh. and Jillio I, I, said, I know where we're going here. You know it's bunk, LOL. Grown-ass men thinking ovaries is still a funny joke at, for a 44-year-old man. Y'all, find some new material. Uh, from Chris, nothing is wide open. Miami has the conference on lock. We got this. Where have I heard that before, Joe? <laughs> Always, every year. Now, <laughs> your future guest on <laughs> Law of the Wolf might be able to sell me on how this year Miami is different because Cristobal got the right assistance in. Ah, I mean, look, I could be sold on this. Something to that. But I'm very much on the, I'll believe it when it happens when it comes to the Hurricanes. Uh, from Shallow, with all due respect, the best quote-unquote team in the ACC is FSU, followed by Miami, then Clemson or UNC. But I digress. That's, well, that's fair. Clemson. Uh, I don't know about Clemson. Duke, Duke took care of Clemson. I don't know about Clemson. I don't know about Clemson. The, the, the point about UNC is simply they got the best QB. They got a Heisman QB. They've got a decent defense. And if the wide receiver improved, it's, it's a decent, it's an improved defense. Yeah. I'm just saying it's there for them. Nobody's been yeah. overly impressive so far in the college football season. So why not UNC uh, from Connor? Hey, Joe, what is the floor for our triangle football teams? The floor might be NC state. Yeah, it might be NC State. I'm, I'm worried about the uh, Wolfpack. And uh, we'll close on this uh, from MB. Carolina grad living in D.C. I screamed at people around here that Sam Howell is the real deal. Eyes in D.C. are now starting to get open. Words like franchise QB being thrown around. As you say, it's just Sam being Sam. There's some highs and lows with Sam Howell. And to your point, there's a lot of Russell Wilson and Sam Howell. Mm-hmm. So which pop star is he going to marry? Oh, I hope he doesn't go down that road. <laughs> Stop kissing babies. (laughs) That's going to wrap it up for today's show. We will see you Wednesday. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.